Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Y'all are standing up today. Man, I need to. Oh, yeah. Every only time I stand up. I'm, I'll need I'm, to like unwire my whole desk, rewire my whole desk to use the standing functionality. I mean, it took it. me, Jackie, you've done it actually pretty quick. It took me a good, I think, eight years, nine, maybe, yeah, eight years before I got wireless. Hmm. Oh. Had to build another house. Yeah. <laughs> it took a while. House. Oh, my. It took a while. Because I have my, that's a lot of work. I don't know if I'll do that. And now my goal is just to make it through every day without spilling my coffee. I'm going to have to get a sippy cup. I, you know what, yeah. Kevin, of my, wait, of the three drinks on my desk, they all have tops because I am way too paranoid for that. So. If all of our calls were recorded with builders, um, there would be an amazing blooper reel at like the end of every month. Could you imagine? <laughs> so I've only fun. had to replace my keyboard twice magically, but hmm, it's not bad. Usually once a week, it goes flying. You're let's can go. I don't know what that noise was. Let's keep going. Oh, no, they all, I, no, I'm, I'm complete. I'm just like that. Just Beep. a second. You're like, where's my sense? Where's my AI to detect when I say a curse word and, and bleep it out for me? Yeah, when's AI gonna just prevent that yeah. from happening? The cup should yeah. avoid my hand. Let's get on that. It seems fair. Priorities, first world priorities. <laughs> yeah. Good use of it. Welcome to episode 279. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak, and Jackie Lipinski. Hey, gang. Nice to be here. How's everybody doing? What a month April was. Yeah, it's gone already. We're halfway through the year. Even but everyone May. is so much happier. We were talking on our call as a team earlier that everyone's just happier. And is it is it because the weather is improving or is it because people are smashing those sales goals and just love it? Even the builders who aren't maybe hitting the volume, profitability-wise, they're just like, oh, Kevin, we're, we're printing money on every house we buy, we sell. So... It's pretty cool to see, especially considering how the year started in that first week of, of January and how the fourth quarter was. And now, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about it now. Now, now what's really crazy is the comps for the rest of the year are going to be incredible. Uh, so yeah. you know, if, if you're watching the video version from HomeBuilder Data, this dramatic slide in lead volume that occurred in 2022, beginning, mm -hmm. again, remember, basically at the kickoff of the Super Bowl, all the way down uh, until the bottom of June. Well, mm -hmm. our comps have been better, have been better than that period since May. So like marketers, if you're listening, everyone is going to be talking about how lead volume, they're going to be pleasantly surprised or happy. And if, if they're not, you now have this ability to just switch the comparison period to last year and it's going to look great. It's been a while since we could do that. It's been a while, uh, like two and a half years yeah. uh, since we've been able to say, yeah, it's just, it's going to be it's going to be great, great comp period. And so I would expect a lot of positive headlines about home builders that are public, et cetera, of, of people being it's just good comps help. But think? remember, the recency bias says the last year also kind of doesn't matter. But the <laughs> good news there, those of you who saw the chart, really since February sixteenth, lead volume and traffic volume have been nationally remarkably steady, mm -hmm. which means that we can already kind of think about the fact that 
May is going to be a great month for the, especially those of you who have finished inventory. And June's likely going to roll into being a great month as well because those people are looking now as well. So like we talked about, I don't know, three months ago, four months ago, it the summer months might well be a continuation of the spring selling season for builders because there's just no inventory to be had. You, I was going to say, do you think it's inventory on the resale side is non-existent? That might be aggressive word to use, but let's just say non-existent or, or not improving. Mm-hmm. And then do you think people are getting just kind of used to what the rates are? Like, the, it's not like yeah. there's no longer hopes and dreams of like, it's going back down to four and a half. It's going back down to four and a half. Even though some builders are, they have incentives to bring yeah. it down that way. But they're just used to seeing, all right, it's six something. Cool. Yeah, I saw an interesting Twitter. And they saw the rent either way. You're renting or you're buying. And if your rent is 2800 or you could buy something and you're at 2200 and you own it. Well, that sounds better. $600 more if that's your personal scenario. Like that's still better set up and that's yours. It's like that forced savings account building equity in your home. Yeah, I'm trying to find, I think it was on Twitter or LinkedIn. John Burns said something interesting. He goes, I like to start all of my talks by asking everyone in the room to raise their hand if they, what's the, what's the first question? It was something about like, have, have thought about moving in the last two years, but haven't. And then it was like, how many of you still plan to move in everyone's hand? But basically the point is like, Unless you have to move. So I think I think that's more, I know a lot of the narrative from other folks in the industry is like people have just gotten used to interest rates. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I think the bigger yeah. thing is just that the lag effect of people who have been waiting and waiting and waiting. At some point, people can't wait any longer. Mm-hmm. Like that baby's been in the bassinet in your room going on a year and a half and you want the kid tight. somewhere else, or yeah. you took that job that you've been thinking about taking and now you have to relocate or they called you back in the office. I think to me, that's more of what it is. Cause again, the numbers aren't great. The, the number like comparatively speaking, we're still down again. Traffic is off the charts, but lead volume Q1 compared to Q1 of 21 is like 40% of what it was in 2021. So it's not that it's, it's that the leads that are coming through have high intent and high urgency and high pain that they're trying to solve because they've they can't delay it any longer. That's that I just jumped off a call and they're doing a ten thousand dollar incentive. And she's like, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if it's moving the needle. She's like, I see it more as a sales tool for the salespeople to feel confident following up with yeah. their leads or, or, or having a, that conversation of, look what I can do for you. But she's like, in terms of, you know, is it something that people are like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm jumping off the bench because that $10,000 incentive or just, oh, that's nice. Um, that's also, I think, a conversation that's happening. And I'm, yeah. I'm seeing more, and more builders maybe even saying like, oh, because things are going well, we're going to pause incentives until we need to bring them back. Or shifting them to that. new builds versus inventory. Mm-hmm. In this case, the builder you're talking about, because I was on the first half of that call, uh, smash their April sales number and already are 80% of the way there for their May sales number wow. as of Good for them. Uh, May 10th. Yeah. So that's awesome. Like, yeah, take that stuff away. Yeah. It, like anything you don't, I mean, we've all, we've all had kids or have kids who may or may not have used pacifiers, but like pacifiers have a purpose. Don't let your sales team have the pacifier when they're still six years old. Yeah. That's weird. Eventually. Yep. It's got to come out, right? Is that good? <laughs> and guess what like happens? That? This is this is why I love analogies. Guess what happens when you take that thing away? They act irrational and they cry and they kick. I mean, you, you can fire them if they do that, but 
but it's I mean, temporary, still seems right? Like, and then don't take away the pacifier, please. Yeah. But what are you going to try to take it away in December? That's a, that sounds like a bad time to take away the pacifier. Yeah. Agreed. So. All right. On to story time. Story time. I can start us off here. Okay. Yeah. Good. My husband's company is large and they provide their employees with, hey, if you want to do LinkedIn posts, here are some posts that you can, you can have as like a template. Yeah. (laughs) It's nice. It's like, let's get, let's get a voice out. But I also think a problem occurs where it becomes an echo chamber of feeling comfortable within this marketing box. And so my husband being a recruiter, he's like, I just, he's like, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. That's where I'm at all day, every day. And I was like, yeah, your poster boring me. I was like, I'll be honest. I'm not going to pay attention (laughs) to them. You know, you're talking about really great things your company is doing, but nothing's coming from the heart. And so he's like, all right, fine. I'll do a from the heart post. So (laughs) two days ago he posted and he went viral and he's like, well, I have you to blame. All he did was take a picture of the view on Wednesday where they call work from work Wednesdays and just say why he loves the view. And it's his favorite part. And now he's had 30,000 impressions, 500 interactions. He said 50 people have connected with him over it. People were commenting now wanting to interact with his company, but it just kind of spiraled into when you're unique and when you have a different perspective. And when you kind of burst out of that little corporate box of what's comfortable, it's, I think, more personality and and personable marketing that is more unique, brings more value to the table. And I would also say that to builders too. And I know Beth and I will send each other Instagram videos of, uh, of builders that we, you know, like, oh, this is beautiful. Or, oh, someone's just riding their bike through this community. That personalized element of that the builder can utilize or lean on their team sometimes is, is a really great out-of-the-box creative content thinking that you can just like make sure to like, you know, you don't have to have a tight leash when when thinking too much about your marketing sometimes. So that would be my recommendation and story time. Thanks. We need to see said post. Oh gosh, did you find it? <laughs> oh yeah, of course I did. His uh, last name is Lipinski. Right, not not hard to find. I think there's lots of interesting things in here too. The the image itself is a cool image. Um, mm-hmm. If you know anyone from Seattle, I know a few. Just some zillow. Maybe a few dozen people from Seattle. They love them some pictures of their mountains. They love pictures of the sound. They love, like, it's it's their, you know, Golden Gate Bridge uh, kind of shot. And so it is It is the right image, too. I think that's, that's interesting about it as well to me. Um, like, it's, if you've never been to Seattle, you'd be like, that looks cool. What is that? So it, it has, I mean, you can say luck but he he did like check all the boxes well i actually i have a builder who has um they're building a new community and they're like yeah these lots go up against a golf course and there's mountain views what do you think we're like do you have photos of all the 10 houses for the views from the backyard and they're like oh no we don't we're like that's just a great little like wait for a beautiful day get a photographer out there, make sure to have that content ready of what's yeah. your unique perspective of, of each home. And then, you know, make sure to do even social posts. And it's not always about the home. Sometimes it's about the lifestyle. Sometimes it's about the oh, benefits sure. of a community and just kind of pushing that um, 
because he's not really talking about his company. And he's like, we, right. my husband, and he got a, a ton of interaction. Yeah, I, I know I, I, I like I overboard index on stuff, but this, I'm going to show it again here for those of you watching the video, because again, everything is right. People are commenting, he's yeah. replying. So they understand there's a conversation to be had. And then um, the company itself didn't say, shame on you for creating your own thing. The company is commenting, probably reposting. Uh, Slalom's not a small organization, right? So that's that's a huge audience. And then again, it's uh, I, some of this is confirmation bias, but people are talking about the view, which is like everyone in Seattle is like, yay, more yeah. of that. We love that. That's why we're here. It's like the you know the uh, here you go into any grocery store and they're selling all these yeah. shirts that say Ohio on the front. And if you're not from Ohio, like who would want to wear a shirt with Ohio on it? Uh, so I think every like it's just uh, well jo- well done, Matt, and and good push, Jackie. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, but also it, like for those of you listening, it's not like just do just zig when they're zagging without being strategic, and and you're going to go viral. It almost yeah. seems like that post lets you participate, or like it's it's like for some it fills their ego. Like here's my view, and it's right. like well you're yeah. also in a cool building too. I'm over here in my office in Seminole, Florida, um, with no mountain views, and I have on in the back. So I'm not posting mine because I, I get no ego lift mm-hmm. out of that. So then you have those people, then it's like also it work, other organizations that are levels. techie. There's so many different angles yeah. that people are commenting or interaction mm-hmm. for. It's beautifully crafted. It's perfect. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Whether all those things were thought out, like, oh, this is this probably not, but it ended up working out that way, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Andrew. Yeah. This is the opposite. For the most part, so <laughs> went down to um, where where there's new homes where I'm at. I'm in the Tampa Tampa market. They are over the bridge, so they're in Hillsborough, Pasco, Sarasota, all these counties. Tons and tons of new communities. So I went and visited a friend that had a housewarming party on Saturday, and they're in a they're in a bigger community, and I could say names because everyone knows them: MI Meritage, Ryan, um, and two other bigger builders are in this community. Like, so it's a big community. Never been there. I've seen their floor plan, seen pictures of the updates. Beautiful home, looks great. It's like starter and a half home. I don't know. It's like 2,200 feet, four bedroom, three bath. Um, but yeah. it's not the move up. It's not fancy by any means, but it's still nice and clean, nine foot ceilings, all that. But I pull into the neighborhood and I assume the metrics. I'm just thinking like the marketer, like, why is this community not selling? Why is it not selling? I'm looking at the metrics and it's hitting all these numbers. As soon as I pull in, Lindsay, my wife, she's with me. We're like, oh, this is, oh, this is weird. Like there would seem to be no continuity between the floor plans, the elevations. And there was like two floor plans that were just so terrible. Is that mm. it? And I never really talk about They just didn't design. have a good like elevation. It was a box, like legit a box, which is fine. Cause I'm, that's probably the most efficient way to have the most amount of square feet. Yeah. There's no wasted space anywhere. Like. Your feet are against the interior, exterior wall, and then like it's right there. It's not like there's this setback into it or they're just cut out, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But you see that floor plan like every like eight houses, and it sticks out so bad. And then mm-hmm. the yards weren't being maintained well. I'm sure the HOA, it's a there's only I think 30 some odd houses finished in the community. And it's it's a big community. So I'm sure the enforcement, all that stuff is not there. But I'm like, oh my goodness, if I went to the website. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, you go to the website, you're like, I think I like this. I think I like this. I'll just drive out on my own and check it out. Like it's on the way home, whatever. You pull into this thing. You're like, oh, that's a whole different ballgame. Like then I have to make mm-hmm. this choice of like, 
well, the price fits our budget. It's amazing value. But yeah. this is like a pretty ugly neighborhood. Like, well, it's like the real life version of what we talk about with the market proof algorithm. If you're getting yeah. a lot of appointments and no sales, you can't just say, well, the salesperson isn't doing their job. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't go back and inspect product presentation, in this case, you're talking about the entire community, but it could be yeah. the model. You know, I jokingly, when I talk about this, I'm like, maybe the whole model home smells like salmon because that's what the salesperson eats every day. And you walk <laughs> in and you're just like, you get me out of here. Who knows what yeah. it is, but someone has to go out there and inspect mm-hmm. uh, how the community feels. And, it felt, and that would be. Ooh, it felt bad. Right. And, and the homes were like um, mid 300s to mid 400s, mm-hmm. which fits so, the budget down there. Um, that's let's, still let's play the game. Uh, let's play the 20, game. 2500 ish a month, depending on payment. Uh, so we'll use the award music. Let's play the game. Ooh, I like fix it. This, fix this community presentation. So. Because if let's pretend like you're a marketer and you're you walk into this situation like it's your first day on the job and they're like, hey, go fix uh, Summerwood. Mm-hmm. What 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 would you do or what oh. would you talk about? If doing? I looked at, so that scenario, like we looked at the numbers, we have a lot of leads and say low low, we have a fair amount of appointments, but then nothing is selling. So or you like, just drive by and you're like, oh, I drive by. Uh. Oh, I don't know. No, oh, geez, that's that is daunting. Um, I feel like we'd have to push value because that, I mean, that is, I might be biased because that's why this person moved down there because, but they're now they're commuting, yeah. but that same square footage where I'm at over the bridge, quote, over the bridge, um, high 500s, low 600s. So, it, I mean, it's very valued for the same home, not like a lesser home, like the exact same home would be that much where I'm at, mm-hmm. you know, 30 minutes North. Um, but I would, I mean, I, I guess we could, I'm not sure technically that would work, but if the HOA enforcement on just the yard quality would be there, that would make a huge difference. Like you pull in and like all the houses were just not maintaining the yards. So you're like, Oh geez, yeah. this is a brand new community. And this is what it already looks like. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's a bad look. You Congratulations everyone. And the first uh, 15 home but sites, sounds, you get free, you know, true green treatments yeah, for the something. first year. <laughs> Which some I mean, some builders that? do that. They they'll, they'll package in on like the entry way into a community. Um, like weed and feed programs for right. the first year, just to make sure Genius. that those lawns uh, are good. It reminds me too of there was one neighborhood in Pittsburgh where the the entry to the community was through a thirty year old neighborhood, mm. which had multiple cars on blocks that you had to drive through to get to this brand new neighborhood. Oh my! Where the average price of the home would be double or potentially even triple what most of those homes would sell for. And we actually, yes, we, we knocked on those doors and we said, we would like to buy that car on blocks. Can we buy it, please? Yeah. And we would yank it out with it. Yeah. I'm going to quote you. You don't like quoting yourself. What, what no, do you I say? Don't. You say you don't have problems if you have enough money. Yeah, So right. there you go. If you have $2,000 for this car, three, five, ten, whatever it may be, to fix that person's house. You, you know what? Do you need your yard maintained for a little bit? Have the next year it's yeah. on us. Yeah, <laughs> now every that. every... For every action, there's a consequence or a reaction. So the other thing you could do is you could go in and say, we would love to to gift you an additional street tree or two. Yes. We would, like, there There are things that can be done. Now, you got to be careful how you do that so everyone else isn't like, why didn't I get it? But again, that's why some builders just have this kind of program of the entry, entry home sites have some additional piece. Or, you know, we yeah, would incentivize at Heartland back in the day. We would say, we know that, like, you're kind of at your budget limit and you have an elevation a we'd like to 
instead of instead of the cost to go to elevation B being fifteen thousand dollars, we'll give it to you for twenty five hundred. Like, just please pick it so that these homes yeah. look better. That makes sense. Or in extreme case, we would just say you have to do an, a non-standard elevation. I like that. One thing it's I like included I, in I'm the just, lot premium. I forgot about now. I don't know if it aided in me going like, "Ooh, this community like not not so great." Is like almost diagonally across the street to the entrance is a Dell Web community uh, called Bayview, and their monument sign out front. Mm. beautiful it, i'm like what are we, is this vegas or something like what's going on here like water features with the lights and like so you're just like that's luxury or that's that's well taken care of that's clean safe all these things and then you turn right to go into this other community and you're like oh what's happening here like i think i want to live over there what's going yeah. on i'm gonna try to see if i can find um this community i think this is where it is um stonehill drive and Niguel Road in California. There, we were on our way. I was on my way to the Builder 100, which is at the Ritz Carlton. Not a bad place to go. And um, I'm in the Uber, and we're parked on Stone, Stonehill Drive, getting ready to turn on Niguel Road. And there's a community entrance monument there, with a giant like Disney esque tree. Okay, that's just very large. Like it looks like it had been there for a long time. And my first reaction was like, that's incredible that they have like this stone entry feature and it just happened they could save that tree and it just works with the, with the view from the coast out the, and then I, I keep looking at the tree and I'm like, I, that doesn't, is that real? Is that real? Cause I, I actually don't think it is real. The, the leaves are kind of fluttering just slightly different than maybe they should. Like, how does that? And then I, yeah, my, my takeaway was most people wouldn't stare at it the way that I'm staring at it. But you look at it and you're just like, I, I want to ask the Uber driver to pull over and let me take a picture of that because it looks too perfect. Which Did led you? me to believe that it must be too perfect. Wait, I'm in California, the land of money. Like, just make something fake to look better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Californians. Um, Movie props. But like it, at the end of the day, they made the right call. Because mm-hmm. it was just, it was like something, it wasn't Serengeti-like, but it was just like that perfect tree, perfect shape. Perfect gotcha. backdrop. Meanwhile, a car is driving one foot away from it, and somehow the roots haven't died. You know, like is, like this is too good to be true. But mm-hmm. I'll take it. Maybe after a while, living there, you're like, yeah, that's the fake the tree. Average oh, yeah, sales the fake price tree. there is probably you know three million dollars and up. So, fake tree, not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal at all. Oh my, what do you got, Kevin? Oh, um, my story time comes from a conversation that I had with a. Uh, I don't like these words when they're used, uh, but I don't know what else to use. Um, like a, a branding genius. Uh, mm-hmm. he, and uh, he's agreed to come speak at the Online Sales and Marketing Summit in Dallas in September. I mean, of which there the are list. now just a handful of general admission tickets left and then we'll be done. So um, like we're talking yeah. less, than, less. less than 12, I think, remaining. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to him about what he's going to talk about. And we're talking about branding and we'll reveal who he is uh, on all the socials. You'll see it. And it's going to be fantastic. But he's like, Kevin, I don't believe in the concept of a personal brand. Hmm. And, I, and I said, that's, that's very interesting. Tell me more about that. He goes, well, you're, everyone's just a human. And he's like, a, a brand is really a set of rules that a company is going to live by and, and stand by. And it's, and it's limit, limiting yourself. It's saying, I'm not going to use these other 99 colors in the rainbow. Hmm. 
okay. or 97 colors because these three colors are mine. It's all about limitations on yourself. And you go, so the, the, the idea of a personal brand is some made up by somebody trying to sell a course or something because you're a human, which means tomorrow you could decide to go do something completely different. Like you're, it, you're, talk, you're talking about reputation, not personal brand. And okay, there we, go. We, we, we had a, like a 30 minute conversation on the phone. It was, it went all different directions. It was awesome. But what I took away from that as an interesting thing is, you know, like the concept of a personal brand for myself, I've, I was going through this checklist while we we're talking. I'm like, okay, well, new home marketing, uh, pancakes. And then I stopped at pancakes because it, it was really clear to me that he was spot on because it's, it's almost like a helpful thing for people to get to know me. They don't know what else to talk about. They can talk about pancakes. Like I, I, I'm consistent in certain things that I, I talk about that aren't new home marketing related because it helps people in their own brain for their purpose, kind of create an image of what Kevin is. Mm-hmm. And so they can know me and have a conversation with me about pancakes when we meet in person. The discipline part of that comes down to, uh, and I said, you know, I, I like anything with maple syrup on it, if I'm being honest. Like all the, like breakfast is just the best meal of the day. It should be eaten at any time. But because of this concept of, no, I have a personal brand, I, I will not eat a waffle in public. Certainly not anywhere where I think someone from our industry is going to see me or someone I know. shame upon your name. Right. But waffle. it's this idea of, yeah, I've unintentionally limited myself. Now, now I know it's fully intentional. But I just said I can't eat waffles in public, even though my wife makes them because it's just easier for her to throw the, the stuff in the griddle and, and make it. Just as an interesting idea of, of branding equal, equaling discipline versus you just deciding that you're going to stand for something, it's, it's, it's almost easier to wipe away the stuff that you're saying we're not going to do. No. That reputation word, that's, I think I must associate reputation with. Oh, yeah, hold on. I'm gonna, much more than brand. Kevin ran away, in case anyone's, in case anyone's wondering. Kevin said, <laughs> okay, okay, come on. Okay. There we go. And he's back. So, uh, Matt Sauls, thank you, Matt, sent me this uh, Seth Godin action figure that he got from PCBC, I think, like 10 or 12 years ago. And um, in, in it comes a little book of marketing secrets. Uh, written by Seth, and I love this one. That is a little book. It's like two inches by two inches. Yeah. Okay. Marketing secret number 12. It's the last one. Would you put your name on it? If you wouldn't, don't do it because your name is on it. Ooh. It's like, yeah, that kind of sums it up. Okay, I wish Yoda, is there, is there an AI that can make Yoda say that? Because I'll definitely remember that better. Sounds right? like something would say, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's Which all is you. kind of reputation. But, but, so the, the flip side of that is thinking through that concept, like what things are you limiting yourself doing that are dumb and have no purpose? And it's almost like you create a brand due to that repetition unintentionally would be bad if, if it's not helping you or your company or your career or whatever, right? Like, like, and maybe that's the other version of like people who say, like, I can't remember people's names. And so obviously you don't because you keep telling yourself you can't remember people's names or I can't speak Spanish or I can't, I can't, I can't. Mm-hmm. But Jackie, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I think Andrew and I kind of got in this conversation a few months back where it was um, Gary Vanderchuk all of a sudden started doing, I felt like he peeled back the curtain 
when he started doing little doodles. What are those called? And it was like the uh, art. NFTs. Oh, NFTs. the V friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And it just, and I'm like, he's just scamming people. This is total spam. So you garbage. kind of all, I feel like you, you get a vibe of people too. And when they start mm. associating deviating. themselves yeah. and deviating and it's just, they, they pull back that wizard of Oz curtain too far to reveal who they are. I think that's, well, that's well yeah, that, that would be the negative version. I would, I that's think the negative version, the, the positive version is if you're like, everyone should be thinking about how they are continually reinventing what they're doing. Not everything, because if something's not broken, maybe you shouldn't fix it, but maybe you should, right? There's uh, uh, there's lots of things to think through in that, but that's what people who do feel like they have a brand have a hard time with. And yeah. actors are the, kind of the classic example of yeah. actors have and become a brand. And so Harrison Ford eventually just kind of does the same character in every movie he's in. He just might be holding a whip, he might not the way he talks is Harrison Ford. Yeah. Or Morgan Freeman. I think we could all mm-hmm. Morgan yeah. Freeman's God, you know, essentially in every movie or that yeah. type of and so like character. You ha- when you're reinventing yourself, if you have an audience that's, that's focused on the, the brand or reputation you've created, you have to be careful how you do that or else people will think like they gone crazy. They lost their mind. What are they doing? They were doing this. Now they're doing that versus slowly and strategically adjusting that. Well, here's a good question to tie this to. Do you think a buyer, I I feel like I've heard this said a few times, we're like, this really isn't our typical product we build. It's not really our brand. We're in this size market. Mm -hmm. I don't think people think that whatsoever. A buyer's like, oh, usually build homes that are like 600 and 800s, a million. And all of a sudden you're building homes in the 300s and 400s. I don't, I personally don't think they're going like, oh, I'm judging you now. Like you're doing a mistake. Your nice home, your quote, nice higher priced homes are actually worse yeah. now. Am I, I wrong in that? Internal, I think, no, I think it's the internal over, overanalyzing of, of what you expect of yourself. But when you realize that we're a product that people only buy every 12 years, I would hope you reinvent yourself every 12 years yeah. potentially to, to offer no. something new and not, not be that same, like, Oh, it's the same exact weird elevation a box house that andrew saw at that community you know yeah i guess if they go that extreme it's like mercedes they have their i think it's um, c-class is like their uh-huh. quote, their budget line mm-hmm. i don't think people when they started the c-class it's not like oh i don't want any of the amg series now or the yeah. g-wagon whatever like those are now garbage because yeah. of the c-class they're like oh cool they're making them more affordable mercedes it is going to be less than the more expensive ones but it's still a mercedes i, I think that'd be the perception all right. I, I, I'm conscious that every minute we talk about this, I'm removing another news article that we won't talk about. But oh, I think no. this is this is good stuff. You know, Rivian, uh, the Rivian CEO, Rivian's a electric car maker. Their SUV um, is, I think, one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars that they currently have released ish. And their pickup is also like close to six figures, if not six figures. They're, they can only make like ten thousands. So they have a capacity issue. Plus, his point was. We're going to come out with a less expensive car, but this is our handshake with the world. This is our welcome. This is who we are. And I think to your point, Andrew, what's most important is which products you're continually highlighting as the overall handshake of your company to your metro area is way more important than you've got this one project that happens to be entry level. Like there's no there. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, just thinking about it, going the other way. 
I think that it's an issue. If you are yeah. affordable and then you're trying to go up to custom luxury, yeah. then I think the judgment will be different. It's kind of like um, right. a Hyundai Genesis. Like the Genesis, is that yeah. really a luxury car? People start like, it's not really a luxury car. Even though you see the specs on it, you sit in when you drive it, you're like, this is a really nice car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're like, it's not a Mercedes, it's not a BMW, it's not XYZ. So maybe it maybe it is only a one-way street where the it's generally a one-way street unless as you move up it's still an incredible value in comparison to the other thing. So right. if you're saying we're, uh, we're we're the Genesis and it's a $55,000 car and its specs are comparable to a $90,000 car, there's a whole slew of people who will say I don't care. Like yeah. the specs line up si- You see them all day long. It. Yeah, they're they're yeah. value buyers and in that case like a value prestige buyer. But it's easier for builders to go down. My point is just, again, my time in Pittsburgh, we had a townhome neighborhood that was from, I think, the 150s, 160s when I first got there. And then we did $2 million homes uh, on on an acre on a lake somewhere, fully custom. We just, we would never, ever run an ad of this one-car townhome and mm-hmm. put on it, you know, Heartland's or Pittsburgh's number one custom home builder, single-car yeah. townhome product. Could you imagine but the great. people who bought yeah. those townhomes felt great being connected to a company that most people thought of because of the imagery we intentionally chose to run yeah. in the ads as being the number one custom home builder who built these amazing homes that you aspired to have and live in. Makes sense. So yeah, you yeah. you shouldn't shy away from that, but there, the hard part is you get these opportunities that come up as an owner where there's a location that seems great, but it's got these issues with it that require a certain product that you don't normally build or, or something that you don't have. And that's hard. The rub comes when you misprice it or price it as if it was your normal thing. Mm. That's when things break. It's like, that's where we're going. Why is there no leads? Why, you know, we, we, why today is this a challenge? Builder in Charlotte. Townhome had a house, like they had three homes in one neighborhood. And normally at their size, their three inventory homes, that would cause some consternation. They'd be concerned and they'd want to talk about how do we market these and get rid of them. In this case, every single one, she was like, oh yeah, well, that one would only fit our uh, master up product. And this is a 55 plus neighborhood, but mm-hmm. you, your bedroom's upstairs. So we know that's why that one hasn't sold. We'll just have to work through it. I'm like, okay, how about this one? Yeah, that's a two-bedroom. Everything else in our neighborhood is a three-bedroom. So, okay. <laughs> how about this one? Oh, that one has no backyard, and there's a retaining wall that you stare at out of your windows. Like, it's one foot of grass and then a wall that's eight feet tall. So it's like, yeah. I, I, you know, I joking like, well, maybe we should just rename you Challenger Builder. <laughs> Challenge Builders. <laughs> Like everything has a challenge, but sometimes mm-hmm. that's in really competitive markets. The builders just trying to make sure that they have opportunity of some kind in front of them. Yep. Makes sense. But yeah. All right. Yeah. Fun combo. Like On to the news. First up uh, from doyouconvert.com. Our very own Becca Thomas uh, wrote an article entitled, Are You Investing in Sales or Buying Traffic? Ooh, I like it. And, and, and like, hopefully to be clear, you're not just buying traffic because buying traffic without getting sales will not work for you. A lot, still marketers, sometimes they're like, but look at all the traffic and, or look at all the leads. I'm like, yeah, you, 
you're not selling anything. So yeah, you're still going to get fired. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're still going to get fired. Uh, but no, it's um, a, yeah, great article by Becca kind of really going through. It feels like a summary of the last like year and a half. Mm. Like here's where we were. Here's where we are now. Here's things you should definitely look at again, going through conversion rates, call to actions. And of course, working with your OSC and then different benchmarks are in there. So it's, it, it is a quick read. But I feel like if you are looking for a silver bullet there, I think this could like get your mind going as far as like, oh, shoot, I did not consider that category of my marketing life for this community that I'm trying to troubleshoot. I think you find some inspiration in there. Yeah. Communication with sales, I think, is one thing that has broken down. Communication generally, you got more people working remotely, um, not spending as much time maybe in the field is what we call it. Um, you know, get out of your home office or real office, but get in the field and interact with salespeople. And like she says, sit in on a sales meeting. Yeah. And I, it's interesting to me how some marketers are like, well, I, what am I going to present? Like, you don't have to present. You can just go and you're probably going to get a free muffin and coffee. So like, it's not completely lost. You're, they always have snacks or something fun happening at every sales meeting. You should show up and just like, take guys, that, sit down and listen. Do you guys always have snacks? What is this? <laughs> My my favorite thing was he, we were selling a, a a home and it was a newer agent who didn't know my face. And so I showed up on like the grand opening weekend pretending to be a buyer. And I just was like sitting in the room, like listening to them sell. And I was hearing other people buy. And I was like, oh, this really gave me great insight on what people are looking for. And even though this house was incredibly expensive, it was like, well, people were looking at slightly more expensive for slightly less expensive houses with a lot of work. So that was the value of like this house and then shifting that messaging in my marketing to like a um, kind of focus on that, like a, you know, move in zero work needing to be done in this specific area where everything else was a resale of like 50 years plus um, gotcha. definitely helped me listen to and, and, and push that marketing message for that price point too. So yep. yeah, thanks Becca. Yep. Good job. Next up from cbsnews.com. Facebook has 3 billion users. But many of them are old, yeah. like a lot of them, all of them and not old. Like they've been on the platform for a long time. They're old. They're old. Cause it started with college students. If you remember way back in the day, was it 06 or 07? You, you had to have a dot edu. Email yeah. Address. Yes. And then it went from there and then the old people took over. I wonder what, um, really causes that. Cause in essence, all the platforms are quite similar. You post something, people see it. There's engagement. Oh, the algorithms yeah. are as far as just like these. It's they're all a vehicle. They mm -hmm. all have wheels and tires and engines. But for whatever reason, the way people interact on Facebook and and do things is catered towards the way this age group tends to want to digest content mm -hmm. and interact with other people. Like even Facebook groups yeah. are a bunch of older people. I'm in them. And Lindsay makes fun of me. She's like, "What are you doing in this group?" I'm like, "I need to know what's happening locally five seconds down the road." Mm -hmm. Wow, or the next restaurant, it's like it's embarrassing. Yeah. I'm 33, so I'm not I'm not super old, <laughs> but I feel old. The when looking in there, I'm like everyone's like 50 plus um, in these groups. I think there's a thing too when you're young, you just you want your own personal carved out space, and so it's kind of like when your parents start getting into it, you're like, come out. And so I think it could also just be like, oh well, that's where my parents communicate with my aunts and uncles. I don't need to be yeah, there. You know they, what? They've got it. Now they say that. A younger person or even me, I, I could care less now because I got the kids, but 
if I'm if we have like a family get together and if a older relative references something a younger relative did on the internet, it is that you don't do that. Like that's weird. It's like a faux pas. Like what what are you talking about? Why would you reference an Instagram post like yeah, a week ago? My it's kids just weird. Are so harsh on my wife, like so like, harsh. Uh, yeah. they just love to to slam her. And she does pretty well keeping up with technology overall, but they're they this I mean, their favorite line is, Mom, you can't do that. I can't do that, which is right. almost, it, this funny article talks about, it's a branding, right? When I think of Facebook, I think, ugh, like Chugy, C-H-U-G-Y, which who's ever heard that term ever outside this article. So I had to Google it, but even though I've heard it before, it is essentially things that we do as millennials or people uh -huh. older that are just like normal. So like, um, if you Pause. just type in Chugy and there's like Chugy starter kits, if you don't know what starter kit is. Then boom, oh gosh. We're, this is what we're talking about. But even saying starter kit would be chuggy to people younger than me. So it's almost like the millennial pause. Like you're making uh -huh. a video and there's like this slight hesitation for whatever yeah. reason. So chuggy would be, yeah. You definitely don't want to hang out. Like if I, I remember the last time that I went to a place where I knew I was the youngest person in the room, it was um, my oncologist's office when I found out mm -hmm. that I had this blood clotting disorder and every other person in the waiting room was on oxygen in a wheelchair or had like an uncountable yeah. number of wrinkles all over their body and like sun spotches. And I'm the only person wrinkles. in the waiting room that's like under 60. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want to be here. I don't, I mean, regardless of the context of the reason I'm there, I don't want to be here as a 32 year old. Um, so that, that's true. I think part of it is also the conversations that happen main reason Facebook's not interesting to me is the number of, you know, people who want to yell about political issues or convince okay. everyone, yeah. or Goodness, um, yeah. it's so easy to share everything on that platform. And I think that's the other thing that to me seems true is the amount of friction it takes to create a piece of content also changes yeah. the dynamic of who wants to be there. Mm -hmm. So Facebook, you can just type it on, you can type out, get off my lawn. Instagram, you've got to go take a picture of your lawn and say, get off of it. Right. it like you got to get up off your butt and take a picture or, or get a picture or save it. If you're going to go on TikTok, now you're probably doing video, right? And so My that's Lord. even more like, I don't like how I look. I don't want to do this. Whereas younger people don't have that same friction. They're like, I take, I, my kids have taken videos of videos since they were two, like hold up the iPad and record Nick Jr., so that they can watch it in the car before there was such a thing as LTE. Bootleg. It was, That's so record hitting the record button is no big deal to any of my kids right. ever. Uh, like they've all learned how to do dances, like the gritty. I, I did. I still don't know how to dance. I'm 42. So I think it's also that like it keeps old people out because there's more friction and mm -hmm. what and how you're sharing. Agreed. So, and then, I'll, and then there's this dynamic of, there was a period where you only connected on Facebook with people you knew, and then it felt rude to tell people no. And then you'd lost control of your network. And now you've got people on there. Like every day I probably unfollow two to three people on LinkedIn. I'm like, I don't know who you are anymore. Yeah. You've moved away from real estate into, you know, plastic dog. sales or dog toys or whatever. Like I, it's cool. I don't not like you anymore and I still want to stay connected, but I'm not going to let you clutter my feed with, you know, the cool new dog toy that your company invented. It's just not relevant. So I think yeah. you can make any platform 
still useful for you if you're willing to put in the work to train the algorithm or to curate it. Yeah, I think there also could be Facebook feels less anonymous than Instagram and TikTok. Like TikTok, you could just get followers all day long. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Like and Instagram, that's well, why, what you want. Why do you want it? Um, I don't know. Ego. Like, yeah, I don't. Let's see. Which is it is what it. You want more like you want. I think Instagram more feels validation. like. Yeah, Instagram feels like more work nowadays than it used to because it used to be like oh photos. And now they're optimizing for videos, and it's like well, if I'm doing yeah. videos, might as well go to TikTok where it's best to create videos, and it's not a headache to. Mm create the structure too. So they also have just like a better user. The, the reason I said like, why do you want um, uh, followers is I, yeah. I don't know if it, any of you saw the Snoop Dogg um, video about like the billion streams and not making any money. Oh, oh it's God. hilarious. No. It's not safe for TV. Like he's, no. he's throwing out bombs, but he's like, he's at some convention where a bunch of media high up people are. And he's like, we got to figure out what the F is wrong with streaming. He's like, I get a billion views and I make, I don't even make a million dollars. Like what the heck is up with that? Like, where's all the money? Show me the money. This whole system's broken, you know? And so if you create an audience, but can't convert that audience into buying a product or service from you, Mm -hmm. it's worthless. So Mm -hmm. the hope is, I guess, to try to build an audience big enough that then you can sell them stuff. But I feel like even that we're getting closer to a tipping point where that even lasts for a less period of time than it used to. Yeah. I, um, I think to rephrase what I mean is if I had, I think people are more willing to, let's say just stick to builder world. People are more willing to follow me on Instagram oh, than they 100%. are to friend request me. Like that feels yes. more personal, more <laughs> like yes. that makes less synonymous, sense. like that type of feeling. So <clears throat> you could just, and me, yeah. I'll like, I'll follow that person. I don't care. Like they have a public right. profile. They seem to post. If it's like only family stuff, we'll see, like, oh, we'll see if she listens weird. to the podcast, but Rachel Peters from Keystone, oh. she's great. Fantastic. She, mm-hmm. She's one of my favorite people. Yeah. She's amazing. And then I realized we weren't connected on Instagram and I'm just like, you have to hit the request button. And yeah, now you're very, right. You go through those things of like, Oh, is she done? Not maybe she or she going want to feel to some type of way. Doing. Like maybe. Yeah. So yeah. I requested we're friends now. Uh, she's having a great time <laughs> in Colorado hiking with her dogs and I'm happy to yeah. see it. But there is that again. Yeah. And I think that's also why I like Twitter is I can follow any person yeah. in the world. They don't have to let me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't. And that's also maybe it's downside, but. True. Fun. Yeah. Fun stuff. Wendy's. Want to talk about Wendy's? Oh, you muted Kevin. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's old. It's still relevant. And the amount of data that yeah. um, they're it's still, still able to relevant. mine is incredible, which mm-hmm. still gives them a leg up long-term in the AI battle. Exactly. All right. We got time for one more of these four that are left. Oh, um, let's go to our AI corner. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Maybe we can squeeze in two because this one's pretty quick. But um, from 10tv.com, which is my local news station here in Columbus, <laughs> Wendy's partners with Google to bring AI technology to Columbus area drive through they plan to use the information gathered to potentially expand AI technology into more drive-throughs. Hmm. Um, I think they employ some like four or five thousand people currently in in the role of taking people's order, wow, uh, or working as part of the drive-through. So there's this huge cost-saving initiative. They're going to partner with Google to use Bard um, and Google Cloud and all their technologies to let you just using natural language processing say what you want. It'll show it on the screen. You'll confirm order will be sent to the kitchen. Now, the cool part is uh, me being in Columbus, I will do a live 
report on how this works. Um, but what, what do we think about um, it? I also, I hope the live report also is you trying to break it. Cause I feel like that's no. something I, I would like a cheeseburger. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> See what it says. And like, Oh wait, hold on one second. One second. One second. Kids, you're being loud. Can, kids. I cannot hear one second. No, I what don't you want, want a junior bacon cheeseburger <laughs> to like back and forth. And then they hear like, I mean, that's what I'm interested. Cause we have, we'll be five people in the car sometimes going through a drive through. And then what oh, yeah. does it hear? Or maybe that's the point of AI. Like mm-hmm. I'm listening for whoever, like it's probably like welcome when he's making your order voice. and then it's like okay it's listening for mail and the these frequencies da, da, da. but sometimes i'll order and then Lindsay will take over ordering or like i'll put my order afterwards and she'll order for the kids and herself and my own and i'll have this and the human figures set out they're like oh i see the the tahoe there's five people there cool let's go yeah. i think it's, i think long term i think it makes sense like it's a transactional yeah, I think, thing i think you're right i think it's good that they're testing it Having worked at a drive-thru was my first job, Tim Hortons, uh, 130 no. cars an hour, I think, was was kind of the norm in rush hour. Is, their current setup is that it's going to show it all on the screen, is what they're prototyping. Okay. And you're just going to interact back and forth with this chat, you know, glorified chatbot, basically, to complete your order. Um, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to say, please review and verify. You know, you'll say, okay, Wendy's submit my order or something to like finalize and say you're good. Uh, but I do have a couple questions when the order is wrong and when he's just saying, Hey, it, it will do better than our average drive through worker will probably do. That doesn't mean perfect. Yeah. And how do you yeah. complain or blame the chat bot for being wrong? And if you work at that restaurant and it's wrong a couple times, how quickly do you distrust it? Like, I think they're going to find out a lot of unintended things, which is the whole purpose of a test. So that's good. But just knowing humans, I could see, you know, you, you order from that thing, you roll up to the window and the person's like, okay, so I'm just going to like manually confirm this again with you one more time. Is this your whole order? Is that right? And then they'll like, then they'll send it in or they'll, they'll like the workers will wait to start making your burger until you've been triple yeah. verified on the front end. I'd imagine like modifications would be like, no, I told it. I didn't want pickles. Yeah. Like and the worker can still make like, it. It's not on here. I don't know. Yeah, I also I, think when I order online for certain things, it's like, oh, and we've substituted this. It's like, well, is it going to know right away that we're out of French fries? And so it's going to, you know, like I, I would assume yes. it would, but um, I'm sure there's. I would love to know from someone who frequently orders Chipotle through their app how you do that, because I'm not a picky per like I will just not take an item rather than try to be overly picky about how much of an item I want. Mm. So I, I don't think I'm like the worst case scenario of this, but also it's inability for you to have like the intricacies of, I just want a few black beans or one scoop of chicken, not two. I, I don't think I've ordered that through the app on there. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, but I, Here's the thing I'm not looking forward to is the day when, you know, I make a mistake in my ordering process and they say, no, we've got this footage and it's been triple analyzed by AI and you ordered the sandwich with pickles. So deal with it. Like that's just, deal with it. it's like the Orwellian future of too bad for you. Yeah. That sounds awful. The other, the last thing on that for me would be, I hope that it is. So my biggest complaint about Alexis, hopefully it doesn't trigger anyone's Alexis is that it's like, hey lady, what's the weather? 
the weather is currently blah, 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 blah. And this versus just like, give me the answer really quickly. Like there, there's yeah. had, they have to add this like sentence structure or like, I don't even, there has to be another word for it. Like this reassurance mm-hmm. of what you just asked. Yeah. So if you, I, and I imagine you have twenties, I want this, this, and this. Thank you. Like it should be like 10 seconds, right? I hope it's not like, thank you for ordering Wendy's to confirm your order. And it's just like this whole prompting thing that just takes yeah. forever. Like they have to train us and then everyone has to learn yeah. their way. Oh, okay. So I, I was, I was talking about all the negatives. Here's one of the positives is if, if the language model gets to the point where then it shows you a visual representation of the burger you've ordered. Okay. And, and it, then the AI robots that are going to build the order can actually make it look like what you've ordered. Th- then we're talking about panacea. Like if I can say, no, no, add another slice of bacon and I see the bacon change and I'm like, no, I want one more. Oh, and then actually. it actually comes out like that versus a big gooey mess of, of everything. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'll be pretty because I mean, that's really the next step. All right. We got order taking is perfection. 99% perfect order. And now the making has to be. Perfected. Now the making needs to be like, oh, why is that slice of cheese halfway off the burger? That's dumb. Versus using lasers to like. Right. Yeah. Do you remember the, the um, I forget what they call it, but Coke came out with their um, vending machine. Uh, oh, yeah. That is uses like printer ink cartridges like for the free, different flavors. Freestyle or something. It's a freestyle. Free- yeah. Coke freestyle. It's embarrassing. And their research showed that when that first came out, people would drive up to two miles out of their way, I believe, to go get a drink from a restaurant that offered a freestyle because of that personalization. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, my daughter, Sydney, would demand that we go to any fast food that would let her visually see and change the amount of onions on a sandwich. Like the kid is a, f- a freak about onions. She has to have as many onions as possible. As many? Oh, interesting. So, that is- so I think... Strange. And, and we've talked about this with builders on the on the product side where the current trend, for many good reasons, is less and less and less personalization and more standardization. Fewer choices, more certainty. But technology is going to kind of, I think, upend that. Yeah. Where you're going to be able to have more flexibility in what you offer, not less. It might be like yeah. Starbucks where I, I have a pre-saved like Jackie's favorites and I just click it. And so mm-hmm. I just, every time I want to go to Wendy's, I don't want to yell at the machine like, oh, I want one. Oh, that's another here. great point. I just want to go yeah, scan save. my QR code. Boop. That is what you I want. You won't have to do that. It'll know the car you're in. It'll know your voice. It'll know your in. face. And it'll be or like, hey, Jackie, Bluetooth. thanks for coming back. I feel like yeah. every time I get on this, I talk about minority report. And I just feel like it's closer <laughs> <laughs> these, <laughs> these are all coming true. Yeah, I'd say the freestyle. The ginger lime is the Tyco we'll Do a live, lime. Yeah, do a live stream when you go, Kevin. I would, uh, let's get some. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, that's it. I mean, we'll still put the links in the show notes. Here's just a couple of the other articles we didn't have time for today. Quiet quitting the U.S. housing market. One group of sellers has completely disappeared from fortune.com. That one's interesting. Uh, Digital information world. Internet restrictions are on the rise. And here are the places that have been affected the most in 2023. So like what you can and can't see, this is talking about globally, but like many things, trends often start somewhere else and then come to the U.S. Um, so restrictions on what people can and can't do online and kind of this idea of might there become instead of one one internet, two or three different versions of the internet with different access, different sources of truth. You can go down a rabbit oh, hole Lord, without that one. That is a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, um, which goes back to the affordability topic we've talked about a couple of times. Parents and graduate students taking on new student loans are about to experience the highest interest rate in over a decade, 
Nah. So interest rates yeah. aren't just affecting home buyers; they're also affecting students who will become the next group of home buyers, and they're going to have even larger amounts yep. of debt than Which, ever. Before. To me, that you directly tie that to quiet quitting and looking at down payments, and yeah, it's all connected. I know a lot of people too who have so been money. paying their student loans, and they're just like, "This is going to be rough when they come back if they come back." So that'll also, I think, hinder people's affordability for houses that. We don't have a timeline for. Yeah. Here's what we'll do for um, this week's question of the week in all access. Uh, we're, we'll have a prize. Um, well, a good prize. We'll do, we'll do a hundred dollar random Ooh. draw. For Wendy's? Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of Frosties. Uh, no, probably for Amazon. Cause that's the easiest thing for me to send that's... you. Um, we might do a couple, but here's what I want to know is I want to know any one of the 400 people in all access, if you are thinking about moving currently and why, like, what is it, a, what is it in your circumstance? Why are you considering moving right now? Or, um, why are you not like you'd like to move, but you've told yourself we're not going to move just kind of our own version of the John Burns poll of like, who is deciding to move right now? And for what reasons? Yeah. Yeah. I'd just be fascinated to know from our own group because I'm you know, fascinated. many of you probably are eligible or are getting discounts from the companies you work for if you're an employee. So there's still that. Maybe you are still being able to take advantage of buy downs. And so that's a good, like it would just be the, the good and the bad. Why are you currently looking to move or have you recently moved within like the last six months? Like again, in our case, the only person I believe who's actively in the process of moving is Beth Russell. Because she has to, because her husband's part of the military, and they have to relocate. Yeah. Then and oh, Josh, Josh is kind of moving because he's yeah. out of renting, but I won't go too. Oh, that's right. He's going from stuff. renting to owning, but he's Renting's going to owning. But he has cool. But he's in a market too that the prices are not like crazy. Not, They're not crazy, crazy, but he is going to be trading. Affordable. He's going to be trading. He's going to be in a like a convenient location to downtown. Mm-hmm. but the finish of the home and the size of the home will probably be dramatically like, it'll be similar in size probably to a, to a really nice apartment. Right. Knowing downtown Pittsburgh, uh, product pretty well. So he's, he's making that trade off of, I want to get in on the ownership game, which is a great game to be part of, oh, yeah, but he's, sure. he's going to be making trade offs for that. Yeah. But and, that, again, he's young and he can. Time, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. I always do this. I close down my outro. Do I need an outro? Nah, make one up. Hold on. Sponsored by Wendy's today. Sponsored by Wendy's. (laughs) Please don't send me Wendy's gift cards. I I, I appreciate that. It's probably been over a decade since I've had it. It's been a long time. I'd go fries into the Wendy's, into the Frosty. (laughs) That's where it's at. It sounds, it sounds so, so Oh, it's wait, so good. favorites. Gosh, holy oh, smokes. That used to be a favorite. We forgot about favorites. All right, quick. Everyone's oh, favorite. Jackie, you first. Uh, 1913 product called Grandpa's Weed Eater. I can't bend anymore because, um, spoiler alert, seven months pregnant. Also won't be at the summit. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't told a lot of people. So. Seven. Now I can't bend. Yeah, I have a watermelon. Or two. Um, so now I use this tool. I don't have to bend. It's phenomenal. So if anyone also landscape goes to model homes uh, or just wants a tool, it's called Grandpa's Weeder. 
And it's silly, it's simple, and it's phenomenal. Grandpa's beater. Sounds Grandpa's good. Beater. There you go. Anyone else? Andrew, you got anything? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have one other than Nutella has been like on the menu for like two weeks now, which is not, I don't know what it is. My body's like, you need Nutella today. So it's been Nutella every day. So I'm going to kick with that. Gross. It's always food. Food is always good. There you go. When I travel, and this might just answer some questions people have had about my Instagram stories. When I travel home from any trip for work or for personal reasons, I get gummy bears. And yes, the do. best gummy bears still overall are Haribo. Haribo, okay. I don't know how you say it. My Turkish neighbor calls it Haribo. Haribo. That's yeah, I like that. No idea if that's right, but oh, yeah. yeah, he I'm like, what do you say it like that? I don't know. But a close second, it's just you're not gonna find them in most airport vendors are Daryl Lee's uh, soft Australian licorice. You can go Willy Wallaby if that's all they have. That's what I did last time uh, coming back from California. But Daryl Lee, uh, they don't have like the weird fake texture. It's just, and and they come in all different flavors, mango, strawberry, um, black licorice. If you're Swedish um, or Danish, they love their black licorice over there. Have you had, you sent them to us when Addie was in the hospital, the Haribo sour streamers. So I've had this before. Mm. I don't know if you remember picked it, whoever picked them out and sent them to us amazing they taste ridiculous there's like yeah, not so as much, much a sour person but they're they're good they're i also sour. really they're like good. anything that has um like the marshmallow plus gummy they call them the haribo I calls them the gummy clouds or the gummy sharks like or the gummy toads mm-hmm. yep. it's like you never know what you're gonna get on favorites I just love that I'm the heavily pregnant one, and you guys are like food. It's all about the food right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're like that's right. Does that does the does the world know that you're having a baby? They do, they now. do now. They do now. Uh, they're seven, okay. seven months. What so, month are you due? July. July. So it's coming coming up. I don't Jackie's post the anything. best I'm secret everyone, keeper. I'm telling people, and, I, and they're like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, you just see my shoulders." So yeah. Of course, I can keep it a secret as long as long as possible. You, it'll eventually be out, but. <laughs> It's bound to happen. It's inevitable. I think that's a good place to end. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. See y'all. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peek, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.